We're living in the hour where Antichrist spirit has been loosed over this nation. Now let me say, well, yeah, well, all right, I'm going to say it. America can stop claiming to be a Christian nation. I said it. That claim is overextended and overused. There is a remnant of believers in America, no doubt about it. God's got a church in America that's on the rise, no doubt about it. God's got a people hidden off in America who are praying and going after God, who are fasting and believing, who are rebuking demon spirits, who are walking and trampling over scorpions and serpents. There are a people in America who are abiding in his anointing. There are those. But it's not the nation. America wide and large is a pagan nation. America wide and large is the bastion of carnal thinking and the exporter of evil all around the world. We claim that we're sending democracy around the world when some of the stuff we're sending around the world is nothing more than the demonic devices that have been given over by the enemy. Preach, Bishop, I'm trying. I'm in. First John chapter two, go with me. <laughs> First John chapter two, there is an antichrist spirit at work in the earth right now. There are demon spirits that have been assigned to America and what you saw on January 6th was not political. It was spiritual. Look beyond the flesh and the blood and see the wrestle. Look at First John chapter two. I'm still showing you the wrestle. I'm still trying to get you to see this thing for the way you need to see this thing. Get your eyes on it the way you need to see it. You got to see this thing from the word of God. It is a biblical worldview that's going to help shape the spiritual formation of the church in America. We've got to get a biblical worldview. Now look at this. I'm in 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. Dear children, the last hour is here. We're living in the last of the last days. You know this because you go to a good Bible teaching church. The last days began on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was over two days ago. A day for the Lord is a, as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. Uh, Pentecost was over two days ago, 2,000 years ago. We're in the last of the last days. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. I want to give you a new revelation. And already many such Antichrists have appeared. I know you heard they were coming. Paul told you there will be an antichrist within a personality. But before he shows up, here's what you need to know. His spirit is already at work in the earth. That spirit of rebellion already working in the earth. That spirit of lawlessness already working in the earth. That spirit of destruction already working in the earth. That spirit of the enemy is already at work in the earth. You're not waiting for the antichrist to appear. John says his spirit is already at work in the world. 
Look at this, dear children, the last hours here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. If you didn't believe in the rapture, January 6th should have helped you out. If you don't understand that Jesus Christ is coming back again, look at the world. Watch the news. We are in the last hour, not simply because of earthquakes, not simply because of plagues and pestilences, not simply because of wars and rumors of war. We know we are in the last hour because the spirit of rebellion and the spirit of insurrection and the spirit that wants to exalt itself against God has permeated into the culture. It is now becoming our normal. It's now becoming our normal. The rebel has become our normal. I said the rebel has become our normal. I said the rebel has become our normal. And God help us to live in an hour where we see the antichrist spirit arising and the body of Christ sit silent. Somebody got to say something. Lord, anoint me. Help me to say something. Now watch this. I'm about to mess you up. First John chapter two, verse 18. You already saw that. Look at verse 19. If you're going to get mad, you're about to get mad right now. If I haven't already gotten you mad, I'm just not preaching good enough yet. Watch this. First John chapter two and verse 19. These people left our churches. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. Now, listen to this, because it's going to mess you up. John says, these antichrist spirits that you see at work in your cities, those antichrist spirits were initially hosted in your churches. You don't want to hear what I'm saying, but I'm going to preach it anyway. I'm reading the Bible. These antichrists, these people, the ones who were hosting the antichrist spirit, the ones who were promoting the antichrist spirit, where did they come from? They left our churches. So you mean to tell me that the real issue in America is what's coming out of our churches? Are you telling me that because churches are not doing what churches ought to do, we are right now coddling and covering antichrist spirits and we are now loosing those antichrist spirits out into the world. John says they came from our churches. So maybe it's not the problem of the politician. Maybe it's the problem of the preacher. Maybe it's not the problem of the voter. Maybe it's the problem of the believer. Maybe the problem is not with a senator. Maybe the problem is with a saint. Because the Bible says that the perpetuation of these antichrist spirits are coming out of our churches. You know you can sit in church and have a demon spirit and nobody be bothered by it. You, you do know that's possible, right? Do you remember a woman 
that was bent over for 18 years? No, Bishop, we don't, <laughs> we don't know that stuff. Luke 13, when you get a chance. You know, woman, thou art loose. <laughs> that one. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says Jesus diagnosed her, and here's what he says. She had a spirit of infirmity. He says, Satan has bound her low these 18 years. She was coming to church every week, bound by a demon spirit, sitting in the pew every week with a spirit of infirmity crippling her and binding up her curvature and bending over her spine. She had a demon spirit. Jesus said, Satan had her bound. And she was in church with everybody else doing the normal for 18 years. Don't tell me you can't have a spirit and sit in a church. Do, do you remember? Do you remember the man in the synagogue? Jesus comes into the synagogue, Mark chapter one, and starts preaching. Do, do you know this one? Jesus in Mark chapter one comes into the synagogue and begins to preach. And immediately while he's preaching, a demon spirit begins to cry out of the man. The demon spirit recognizes Jesus, cries out of the man. Jesus had to rebuke the devil and cast the devil out of the man. And the Bible says on the way out, that devil tore that man. He had been sitting in synagogue every week. Nobody even knew he had a demon spirit until Jesus, his presence, and his word showed up. When the presence of Jesus permeates a church, Antichrist spirits can't be hosted there. When the word of God is lifted and exalted to be the true word of God, Antichrist spirits will not be comfortable there. He says these spirits that are in the country came out of our sanctuaries. They left our churches. We put them out on the streets. We gave them voice. We gave them a platform. We gave them a title. We gave them an ordination certificate and they left our churches and are now promoting antichrist spirits. Oh, let me work. Antichrist spirits are in our churches and antichrist spirits are got to come out of our churches. Let me show you something. Antichrist spirits can be in our churches. In the book of Revelation, I'm going to show this to you. In the book of Revelation, Old Testament personalities show up in New Testament churches. What did you say, Bishop? Say that one more time. In the book of Revelation, Old Testament personalities show up in New Testament churches. Okay, I heard that. Let me... Let me. Revelation 2.14. Revelation 2.14. Revelation 2.14. Revelation 2.14 introduces an Old Testament character by the name of Balaam. I'll tell you about him later. Revelation 2 and 20 introduces, reintroduces an Old Testament personality. Her name is Jezebel. Balaam is Old Testament. He's in the book of Numbers. Jezebel is Old Testament. She's in the book of 1 Kings. How did they wind up being in churches 
in Asia Minor that Jesus is addressing and Jesus tells those churches, you got some spirits working in your church. And the spirits that are working in your church are anti-Christ spirits. One acts just like Balaam and the other acts just like Jezebel. They are in the Old Testament, but they're not just personalities. They are spirits. They are spirits that work in this hour. They are spirits that are working in the age. There are spirits of Balaam, spirits of Jezebel that have been concentrated in congregations. Jesus wrote to the churches and said, hey, Sardis, <laughs> you got spirits working in your congregation. Hey, church of Thyatira, you got spirits working in your congregation and they act like them Old Testament spirits, Balaam and Jezebel. Well, now go with me to Jude, verse 11. Jude, verse 11, stay with me. I got 10 minutes, stay with me. Jude, verse 11. Jude only has one chapter. Go to verse 11. Where is Jude? Jude is the book right before Revelation. Why is that important? Because that makes Jude the porch that goes into the house. If you're going to read the book of Revelation, you should at least read the book of Jude because the book of Jude brings you into the book of Revelation. Listen to what Jude says. Woe unto them. Now he's about to tell you who them is. <laughs> Woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain. Who are the them? Those that have gone in the way of Cain. Cain is an Old Testament personality that's showing up in a New Testament church. Ran greedily after the heir of Balaam. Balaam is an Old Testament personality showing up in a New Testament church. And perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Korah is an Old Testament personality showing up in a New Testament church. According to Jude and John, you've got Cain, you've got Balaam, you've got Korah, and you've got Jezebel all working in churches. He says those spirits, antichrist spirits, are presently right now corrupting congregations. And John says the reason you see it in your country and the reason you see it in your city is because you never dealt with these spirits in your churches. Listen to me, child of God. The government is not in charge of binding unclean spirits. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Render unto God that which is God. It is not the government's business to handle Jezebel. It's not the government's business to deal with Cain and Balaam and Korah. No, that should be dealt with in the churches. We should have bound those spirits up when they were sitting in our pews. But now they're no longer sitting in our pews. Now they're sitting in places of power and we have loosed those spirits in the country because we never dealt with them in the sanctuary. Jezebel has slipped out of the church and now she's on Capitol Hill. Balaam has got out of the church and now he's up on the Supreme Court. 
Balaam and Korah and Cain, they've all come out of our churches. And now you can see them on the White House grounds. You can see them on the South Lawn. You can see them in media. They have left the sanctuary and now they're loosed throughout the country. Where did they start? John said they started in our churches. And because our churches don't address unclean spirits, unclean spirits have free reign in our nations. Uh, I got to close. Korah. Korah. The way of Cain. I'm in Jude verse 11. The era of Balaam, the gainsaying, the rebellion and the insurrection of Korah. I'm going to lay this marker right here and I'm going to come back to it. But Korah is the one you need to pay attention to because Korah is connected to insurrection. Korah is the preeminent spirit of rebellion. It doesn't matter when you look in the Old Testament, bring it on through. You will keep on hearing Korah's name coming up. Every time a rebellion is being cited, Korah's name comes up. When you read the uh, rabbis and you read the Mishnah and the Talmud and you begin to read commentaries on Korah, his name is associated with rebellion. Just like you would say Benedict Arnold and you would think of betrayal. You would think of Korah and you would think of rebellion. Few men in the Bible have been tagged with that like Korah. You might think maybe a Korah, maybe an Absalom, but nobody is cited as much and as often being tied to rebellion as is Korah. Korah is the spirit of the hour. Write it down. I said Korah, K-O-R-A-H. If you have a King James, sometimes it's C-O-R-E. But Korah is the spirit that works in this hour. Korah is the spirit, hear me, that prompted, that induced and influenced January 6th more than any other of the spirits. They're all antichrist spirits, but pay attention to Korah. Because Korah initiates insurrections. That's what this spirit does. It starts where? In our sanctuaries. And if you don't bind it in the sanctuary, you'll see it in your country. Now look at this. Numbers chapter 26, verse 11. I got to close. Numbers chapter 26, verse 11. Numbers 26 and 11. About to show you something about Korah. Listen to this. Notwithstanding. The children of Korah died not. I'm, I'm going to tell you the whole story later. But I want you to hear this. Korah had children. And even after Korah was judged, you know what the Bible says? Korah's children died not. Korah has children. Korah has reproducing spirits that move from generation to generation. Korah's children did not die. They like babies. 
never mind. Chorus children died not. Why didn't they die? Because Cora is not a, just a personality. Cora is a spirit. It's an antichrist spirit that we first saw in our churches. And because we didn't deal with that spirit in our churches, now we deal with it in our nations. Cora didn't die. You know why? Because Cora is a spirit. Now let me describe these three spirits in Jude 11 and I'm out. Let me just describe them. Cora is a spirit. Get that in your notes. Cora is a spirit. The way of Cain. The way of Cain. I'll come back to this and explain it later. But no, no, let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. The end time spirits that you see in verse 11 of Jude. These are end time spirits, listen to me, that dishonor spiritual protocol. End time spirits that dishonor spiritual protocol. The way of Cain dishonors spiritual protocol. The era of Balaam dishonors spiritual protocol. Stay with me. The gainsaying and the rebellion of Korah does what? Dishonors spiritual protocol. Name all of them. Whether it is a Jezebel, whether it is a Balaam, whether it is a Cain, whether it is a Korah, all of them or antichrist spirits that dishonor intentionally spiritual protocol. What's the purpose of protocol? Protocol is God's strategy for access. All of them want to access, but they don't want to access what God has legally and rightfully. I'll come back to that. The reason January 6th happens is because there was no honor of spiritual protocol. We'll talk about it. That's why they had to break through because they didn't have legal access. You know what? I'll be back to that later. The way of Cain. What does Cain want? He wants access to acceptance. What does Cain want? He wants to be accepted. How do you know? He's mad because what? Abel has been what? Accepted. His offering was accepted. Cain is not. Cain is mad. What does Cain want? He wants access to acceptance. But instead, what does he bring? Religion. What is the way of Cain? It is the spirit of religion. And what is the spirit of religion? It's you doing what you want to do and then telling God he needs to accept it. He won't. It's you establishing your own righteousness, coming up with your own rules. God said, bring a lamb. You want to bring some fruit. God said, I'm, I'm cursing everything coming out the ground. Bring me something that has some blood. You're not going to do that because you want to do it your way and still expect God to bless you. Way of Cain. You want to access acceptance, but you want to go through religion. Religion will never give you acceptance with God. It has to be by blood. Wish I had time. Then you have what? The era of Balaam. What does Balaam want? Balaam, listen to this, wants to access assets. You know, he's a prophet for hire. He's a prophet, but he's for P-R-O-F-I-T. 
Balaam is that preacher. He will do whatever you want him to do as long as the check is big enough. He will say whatever you need him to say. He'll preach whatever sermon you want him to preach. Just make sure the check is big enough. He's anointed, but he's perverted his anointing in order to get things. He wants assets. He wants affluence. He wants accumulation. He wants stuff. And he cannot access it legally and rightfully. And because he won't access it legally and rightfully, now he's into manipulation. Cain is the spirit of religion. Balaam is the spirit of manipulation. Korah is the spirit of insurrection. I'll give it to you again. Cain is the spirit of religion. Cain is the spirit of religion. Balaam is the spirit of manipulation. Korah is the spirit of insurrection. The three spirits that are working right now in this nation, more than any other spirit, it is the spirit of religion, it is the spirit of manipulation, and it is the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of insurrection. Ooh, I'm out, I'm out, I gotta stop, I gotta stop. But listen to this, the way of Cain, the spirit of religion, the spirit of religion, that's what you see in our churches and particularly in our evangelical churches. I'll be preaching about you later. But then there's not only the way of Cain, which is religion, but then there is the heir of Balaam, which is manipulation. That's the media. That's the media. That's what television is. Television is somebody telling you their vision. And if you keep watching their vision, you will take on their vision. That's why it's called television. The media manipulates. There's religion in Cain. There's manipulation in Balaam. You see that in the media. But then there is insurrection and rebellion, and you see that in politics. Do you see that in politics? We have seen the rise of rebellion and it has decided to come through the portal of our politics. Now, I have to stop there. And uh, I wanted to stop on something other than that. <laughs> I wish I had something else to end on, but that's it. I got to stop here. But here's what I'm going to tell you very clearly. That child of God, we are in the hour where there is but one thing that's going to be able to face off the insurrection that we see in this nation and is going to be intercession. Intercession is the answer for a nation that is in insurrection. Intercession is the answer for the nation that is facing and enduring a spirit of insurrection. The only thing that's going to break this off the nation is going to be intercessors. I'll show it to you later. <laughs> Hallelujah. I need the intercessors right now to gather. I need intercessors right now. And if you're at your home and you can kneel right now, I want you to kneel before the Lord. I want you right now, intercessors, to get into a space, get into a place right now, and I want you to come on in with me in prayer. We need to pray for the nation. We need to ask God right now to do something supernatural for America. Our nation is in critical mass. 
We are at a tipping point in the spirit realm. We have allowed demon spirits free access into all of our culture, into all of our government. We have demon spirits that are active in our churches. And this is the hour and the moment when we have to step in that place. It's called the gap. We have to get in that place. It's called the breach. The gap and the breach is where the enemy has had free access and reign. We now will close the gap. We now are going to stand in the middle of that breach and we're going to seek God for a nation. Abraham sought God for a city and God wanted to save that city and God only needed 10 people. Right now, if I can find 10 intercessors who will just get with the man of God. I believe that Lord will not only shake your city, I believe the Lord will start doing something in this nation. Come on, people of God. Come on, people of God. Come on, people of God. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Hallelujah. Don't wait for me. Come on in. Come on in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Holy Father. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Father, we declare you are the governor of the nations. We touch and agree right now that you are the ancient of days. We praise you that times and seasons are in your hand. We thank you that you have determined the borders of every tribe and every tongue. We give you worship and praise, Father God, that the earth is yours, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. We praise you that we dwell therein. And we thank you that you have given us an assignment and an anointing. And now we stand in the gap and we make up the hedge for the nation. Father God, we come against the way of Cain. We pray now, break that power. We now come against the arrow of Balaam. Shake and break that power. We pray right now, Father God, that you will undermine and unwind the power of a Korah, the rebellion and the insurrection that has found this place in this nation. Holy Spirit of God, will you breathe upon your body? Holy Spirit of God, will you take the wrinkles and the stains and the soils off of the garments of your bride. Wash us through and through, even the body of Christ in America. Let your remnant rise in this hour. Now we rebuke all things that undermine goodness and government. We come against all things that seek to deceive and divide and we praise you now, Father God, that you had work in America and we thank you, hallelujah, when it's all said and done, America will bless its God. Father, in the name of Jesus, be God for this nation. Show mercy to America and let the name of your son be exalted. Let the name of Jesus be rendered reverent and we praise you and we bless you and we call these things done. To God be the glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Don't go anywhere. We have more ministry for you. This is another entry into the series entitled The Insurrection of a Nation. We're not through, people of God. I need you to stay with me for a couple of more weeks so we can get this word out that the Lord has blessed us with. Only thing you had today was another introduction. I'll get to preaching later on. Hallelujah. Don't go anywhere. This is the House Telecast. This is your prayer, Pastor Bishop Sean Till. We'll be right back.